It's so funny to me that Gally didn't know it was a series. Yeah. And then her reaction, she said, God is a woman. Isn't it amen? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club Podcast. I'm Maddie, here with... Courtney, hello, and today we are revisiting... (laughs) Revisiting a classic on the podcast, a much-beloved author, and that is Lucy Score in her third installment of the Knock 'em Out series. And the final... Final installment. So good. Yeah, I have... um, I have, like, conflicting thoughts about this book, and so I'm excited to, like, talk about part of that. Um, Just a heads up to everybody, if you hear snoring in the background, both of my dogs are passed out right now. Passed out. E.B. Can you hear him? (laughs) Tank is snoring away right now, and he's the furthest away from my mic, so... Mando's, like, kind right of here and tanks all the way over there. <laughs> okay. So, I am hosting this episode. So, let's talk about Things We Left Behind by Lucy's Score. This book is about our final duo of the trio, or the respective trios. Um, it is about Sloane and Lucian. Lucian, of course, being the bestie of Nash and Knox Morgan from the first two books, and Sloane being the uh, librarian who is friends with Naomi and Lena. And it is just an exciting little conclusion to their story. Now, I will say that if you have not read the first two books, you probably can read this book and be fine, and you really don't need to, you know, have read the first two books. That being said, you should absolutely read the first book. Um, And the second book was also good, but it wasn't, like, our favorite. This one, I have conflicting feelings about. Um, Now, this story... We, we, we start off with little Miss Sloane, and she is currently grieving because her dad just died. And she is not doing super great. She's like, you know, my dad was kind of like the best guy I ever met. My, my whole world is shattered now. Sad. Um, her, they go to the funeral, and while she's at the funeral, who walks in but her nemesis, Lucian Rollins, which, side note, if I hear Rollins, I think about Amanda Rollins from Law & Order SVU. And side note. (laughs) Lucian Rollins walks in, and he's talking to Sloane's mom, and Sloane's mom's like, thank you so much for everything you've done, blah blah blah. And Sloane's like, "Mm, what the heck has he done? Like, what do you mean, what what has he done other than terrorize my existence for the last 22 years? Because we find out that they used to be very close friends they they were very close but then something happened to them um and we don't know what that is until we learn a little bit more throughout the story um in addition to that going on uh sloan has decided that she is ready to settle down she's ready to go out get married have kids and just do the whole thing you know do the whole family thing she's She's been successful in her career as a librarian, but she's ready for the next step. 
Lucian, on the other hand, is very busy running his uh, evil villain empire, <laughs> as they like to call it throughout the book. He is a villain who sits in one of those like villain chairs and like swir- swirls around. Side note, I think it's really funny that she has a cat and that he does like end up having some affection towards that cat because I can just see him having like this cat on his lap, swiv- like swiveling around, being like, hello, Senator. It's great to see you again. Anyhow, <laughs> um, so they're doing like they're 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 not vibing, um, and because of Sloane's dad dying, her dad's final wish was that she and Lucian would sort of get along again because he had he cared about Lucian. Um, Lucian was essentially like an additional child in their family, but not in a weird way. Um, just like in like a the neighbor kid who comes over a lot way and yeah like just somebody that they personally invested a lot yeah and like they really care yeah yeah so that was his final wish was that they would just you know reconcile reconcile and that they would become friends again and obviously this is a romance book so there's a little bit more than friendship happening throughout this book (laughs) just a little but bit it, more it is good i gen generally enjoyed this book a lot there is a couple of things i do not like about it but you know what it's it is a, it's a sequel the first book was so good that like it's really really hard to sort of encapsulate that feeling i think that this book encapsulated that feeling more than the second book did but nonetheless was that a good description, or do you think there's anything I'm leaving out that I should be including in this uh, description? Um, one of like the undertones throughout the entire series is just they're battling this crime boss, so that's continually happening. And if you've watched yeah. the last couple episodes, it's just kind of continuation of that conflict with like the big bad villain that comes. It right. all comes to a head and a close because this is the last book, so right. at least we do get some closure. I also must say, right off the bat, that when reading this, I feel like Lucian is who Alex Volkov thinks he is. So, (laughs) so true. Literally, so true. uh, This is how you execute what Alex Volkov was, like, supposed to be, though. Because I Mm -hmm. liked Lucian uh, Mm -hmm. leaps and bounds more than Alex Volkov in the Mm -hmm. Twisted series so yes um, but i couldn't help but draw parallels between them you know like powerful businessmen with some sort of grudge against a woman and like right i do think their dynamic was a little bit different but um yeah before we get into it since this is the spoiler free section i do want to say that there is a huge trigger warning in this book um Mm -hmm. this book has like graphic descriptions of domestic violence throughout it yeah not between love interests at all there's none between love interests um the main love interests in this book but there is a lot of yeah it's backstory um but it is very descriptive just fyi so if you're sensitive to that maybe not the book for you so let's talk about our ratings so if you don't know courtney and i we do a couple things first we say whether or not we recommend the book um, then we would say, you know, we recommend this book to our younger sisters, which is really just what we recommend it to somebody who's under the age of 18. Um, I see you smirking over there already. 
if you guys know Lucy's score, you already know, but yeah. Uh, and then finally, we go through our four pillars, which are the Woody Banter, character development, realism, and the smut. And then we give it an overall rating. So, Courtney, um, what did you think of this book? Would you recommend it to a reader? Yes. Um, <laughs> this whole series, and like I haven't read anything else by Lucy Scoria, unfortunately, but she's just um she's one of my favorites that we've done on here. Just like uh, Emily Henry, I feel like with Emily Henry too, there's like some hits and some misses, but generally I still like her stuff. I think if we're ranking like this particular series, the first book's always going to be my favorite, hands down. I I like Nash and Lena, but I think this one. They were very close, and I think this one's just my cat. This one's just a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I would recommend this whole series, and I, I think all of them are worth a read. They're just really long, so you might have to yes. mix some stuff in between to get a good palate cleanser. But like, one really important thing is that the side characters are also very lovable in these books, and I feel like there's good resolutions to everybody who's involved. There's not, like, a character who's forgotten about, which I really like. Yeah. It is very so sweet. Um, I agree. I also would recommend this to a fellow reader. Uh, I would recommend the whole series as well. I think that the series is really good. I just had Emily pick up the first one today because I was like, you have to read it. And you just had Galley read it. So, like, it's, you know, we are actually recommending these books to people. So, of course, we'd recommend it. <laughs> right um okay so then would you i already know the answer to this one would you recommend this book to your sisters who are underage not a chance not even a little no. it's so well, no. the smart is so graphic um that I makes it like... sound bad it's very detailed uh and it's yeah. a lot so no absolutely did, not did no one... i remember the first one being pretty graphic and then the second one i remember being graphic but not the same this one i felt like was like the first one but like a little bit more i could see that yeah also there's a we're not to the smut yet but there are a couple words and i marked them for you oh boy <laughs> yeah uh, it's no. not appropriate for the children no absolutely not the series is not for kids i will say that there is a girl who we follow on instagram who i think she's like 16 and she posted she read the first one that she loved it and i was like no put it down honestly generally i think books like this should be read by like women not like yeah young girls young women going into like college even like their first book like this is just this is for yeah not mature women but like emotionally mature women i guess i don't know i i True. i just i think it's more for like people in their 20s and 30s the main and characters the character. are also older yeah yeah so they're not like Which I actually 20. like i do too i like i mean i think it makes some of their actions a little immature obviously but like um there's, like, it's, all of them throughout the whole series are, like, established in their careers and stuff like that. Um, they all have lived lives where they have, like, different traumas that they have to work through together that aren't just, like, mm -hmm. resolved. Um, 
so I do I do also like that. But yeah, it's definitely for a more mature audience, if you will. And definitely right. not my siblings. <laughs> okay, or, so then let's move yours. on to <laughs> No. Uh let's move on to our pillars. So let's start with the most important pillar of them all, the witty banter. What would you rate the witty banter on a scale of one to five? Because remember, ten too many. Too many. Mm-mm. We don't do that here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> it was good. I mean, they like hate each other. They have little nicknames for each other. Um, I will say, okay, so normally, and I've said this, and I don't remember what other review it was, um, but normally I hate the whole like not today Satan. Um, mm-hmm. there was that line in this book. However, she. Her her nickname for him, because his name is Lucian, is Lucifer. Um, She constantly is referring to him as, like, the devil and stuff. So, like, in that sense, I was like, okay, it's not, like, the cringy millennial, like, not today, Satan. It's It was more, like, it felt like more of just along the lines of what she normally says about him. But I did make special note of that in my brain, um, that it was there. However, I think the, the context was important. Um, and... <laughs> Anyways, um, I thought their banter was really good. Uh, they, I mean, they're constantly in like a group setting too. And so not most people in their group don't really know what happened between them. They just know that there's some sort of history and animosity there. And so I think that particular setting creates a really ripe ground for creating really good witty banter because they're alluding to stuff um there's obviously some tension and they're both very like quick-witted people sloan is much more like whimsical and funny and lucian's a lot darker and like sassy um but i thought it was really good and even though they're not like my favorite couple from this series per se i still think it was a five on the witty banter i think lucy score just has that down to a T. Um, like, all her characters are funny. Uh, of course, these characters, too. Like, I'm pretty sure we gave them high ratings in the other books. That carries through to this book, right? So, like, Lena and Nash, um, and even Steph and stuff like that, they all have their fun little quips. And so, this book is full of, like, a bunch of different emotions, honestly. There were parts where I cried and parts where I, like, laughed. So, I thought the Woody Banter was really good, though. Five. The witty banter banter was good for me, but sometimes, okay, this is, I think this is a point in time where I'm going to have to talk about this. I don't love Sloane. I really like Lucian. I don't love Sloane. And here, I think that their pairing is also kind of strange. It's like putting Damon Salvatore with Jessica Day from New Girl. (laughs) It just... (laughs) Grumpy Sunshine. That's what all of these are. Yes! I, obviously, it's supposed to be Grumpy Sunshine. But the problem is, is I just, sometimes Sloane would do or say something that I was just like, uh, okay, Jessica Day. Like, it was just so similar to that character. And I love New Girl. New Girl is one of my favorite shows. I watch it all the time. It's like a comfort show. But Jess annoys the shit out of me sometimes. And that is the same thing that I felt about slow like she just would annoy me sometimes 
I I didn't really get super annoyed with your, her. I can see where you're coming from, like, and I definitely see the new girl elements kind of of Jess in particular. Um, I don't know. I think, like, part of it has to be... I, I also just felt like, of all the side characters in the previous books, uh... There was we didn't get enough of Sloane to like really get her personality or like all of her personality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. She's like a like kind of a I don't want to say I don't know if she's whimsical. She's kind of fun, whimsical, like librarian she is. lady. Um, very dedicated to her particular mission, very close with her parents and her family and that sort of thing. Um I don't know. There weren't any parts where I was like particularly annoyed with her but I'm sure if I were to like reread through that lens I'd be able to kind of pick stuff out but yeah. I think the dynamic they had was really good and when you have such good side characters it makes the story so much more compelling yeah I I, I agree with I don't think we got I feel like the glimpses into her personality that we did get in the first two books aren't like who she really is and that kind of threw me off yeah. Also, there's a comment in I can't remember which book. I think it's the last book, and it is never addressed in this book, and that makes me angry. <laughs> you have to tell me what it is because I don't know what you're talking about without I context. Guess, okay, I guess if you're spoiled. watching this episode, I can spoil the first book for you <laughs> or, or the second book or whatever. But in one of the books, I can't remember which one, but. Isn't there a line where Nash looks at Sloane or Knox looks at Sloane and says, I don't, don't make me tell everybody who I saw climbing out of your window last night. I think maybe. That might have been in, like, the epilogue, too. Hmm. But, they, I mean, they, later in the book, they kind of allude to the fact that they know, well, at least the Knox, or Knox and Nash know that something was happening between them when they were, like, growing up. Right. But know. this is like, this is in the last book. It was like they were all arguing. I want to say it was during like the soccer scene in the second book when they're all talking about like they're all giving Nash like the 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 burns because he is like, did you guys know this about Lena? And Sloane says something, and then he says something back to her like, "Don't make me say who I saw climbing out of your window last night," implying now. And who else would be climbing through her window okay. but freaking Lucian? Right. Because that's, like the that's whole their back. whole thing. That's a great point. I, that sounds really familiar. It's so hard because we have taken such long breaks in between reading these books because this one just came out. But um, I, that's ringing a bell. So that if so, maybe that's just kind of an incomplete writing. Because in, the, in this book, they don't like start doing that until like way further down the line it's like halfway through the book yes (laughs) which i was like how many pages do i have to read (laughs) i know but oh my gosh at least it's better than freaking the third or the second one where it wasn't even until like the last like 150 pages oh my gosh that was so frustrating just kiss already I think it's just because the first book, it was like, wow. Because I think we only had to get to, like, a fourth of it before anything happened. Yeah. And here I'm, like, like page 200. <laughs> I'm, like, halfway through the book, and I'm, like, where the hell is this smut? Oh, yeah. Where's the smut? Okay. Lucy. <laughs> Give it to me now. 
Oh, Looks God. <laughs> okay, okay. I guess, okay, let's let's move on from the Woody Banter. By the way, I gave it, what did I give it? I can't even remember. I th- I don't think I even gave it a number yet. I think it's the Woody I'm going to give the witty banter a four because there are parts of Sloan that just annoyed me. Um, okay, let's talk about the <laughs> character development. <laughs> okay. What would you rate their character development on a scale of one to five? Okay. So I feel like okay there so their issues are something happened in the past i don't want to reveal it because i want to talk about that in the spoiler portion um obviously but um in a way sloan betrayed lucian and like at the time this happened they were teenagers and it was something he like explicitly asked her not to do it was very personal it was related to his family and sorry, I heard the story. <laughs> and um, so he's forty now, and he's been holding this grudge against her. And like, I can understand from a teenage context where the hurt and betrayal would come from, but as an adult, how he doesn't like recognize what her actual intentions were in doing that, and like continues to hold a grudge, it's just kind of annoying. And that's kind of like his character development is kind of realizing that he's being annoying and mad over something dumb uh and then of course in true knock him out fashion like jumping here and then being like something happening and being like oh my god I lo- i'm in love with her uh because apparently only do these men realize they're in love with a woman in life si- life threatening situations um <laughs> that's a prerequisite for romance here. It's called knock them out because they need to be knocked out in order to realize it. They need some. I was gonna say, I was gonna say they need some. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Probably for the Just rest. Laugh. No, no, it was really. It was gonna come out wrong. <laughs> oh god, now my imagination's reeling. Um. I thought the character development here, I mean, it was really just them getting over their confrontation, realizing that, like, they want to start an actual adult life with a partner, Um, which is kind of what all the other couples had to go through. Um, I feel like in the other books, the character development was centered around, like, opening up and sharing things with people, whereas this is, like, getting past a betrayal, and they both know each other's histories like very intimately so i think it's different in a lot of regards that being said um sorry my cat is playing with bags um (laughs) that being said i still thought it was relatively good so i'm gonna give it a four i think that feels right yeah I I agree. I think that both of them were holding on to this grudge that was just kind of like, I don't think Sloane was ever in the wrong at any point. And so, like, well, I'm not going to say that. I think that whatever had happened 
was inevitable, but not like. I don't want to get too much into it. Cut on split, but I think that for the most part, Sloane was mostly right in what she did, and it was all about yeah. Lucian just kind of coming to terms with the fact that she was right. And I think that he needed to realize that like she wasn't doing it to be mean or selfish or in any way. She was just doing it because that was what was right for her to do. What was right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm also gonna give it a four. Cause I also I think that like any grown person with as much therapy as he's mentioned he's had in the first ten pages should realize that. Like it should like he should probably have realized that well before he did. Yeah, and I think, like, it's okay when, like, I think initially when he gets upset, he's a teenager and it's an awful situation, so, like, it makes sense for him to place blame where maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't belong. But at the point where he's, like, 40 and has an empire and, and shit, I'm like, get over it. Right. <laughs> he has an evil layer. You can't have an evil layer and also be upset over something that some girl did to you in high school. Yeah, Sorry. Come on. And it wasn't even, like, grow up. It wasn't even, like, typical high school drama. It's, like, very serious no. whatever, you know? Yes. So it's not like... But... It's not like he's in his Joker era. He's just not <laughs> mature. Indeed. Anyhow, so let's move on to the realism. <laughs> I'm, saving, I'm saving the best for last. Realism. Okay. Like we say every single time... There's always going to be some element of unrealisticness whenever there's the mafia involved. <laughs> because how yeah. many of us are involved in the mafia? Not me. And if I not was, me. I wouldn't tell you. I'm not, though. Yeah. But if I was, no, I wouldn't get... tell anybody. But I'm not. But if I was. You'd get caught. You're about. You're around a bunch of Italian cops all the time. They would <laughs> figure, out, figure you out instantly. They're on the payroll. That was my horrible <laughs> New York impression. They're on the payroll. No, that's not even. <laughs> it's like a Mario. Okay. It's me. I'd like to issue an apology. It's a me, the mafia. <laughs> uh, I'd like to apologize to all of the Italians right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what about the people he murdered? What murder? What murder? <laughs> my cat just bit me. It's one of my yeah. favorite videos right now. Oh my gosh, you're being attacked. I actually, she's on payroll. This is the, this is the culprit. Yeah, look at her. That's mafia. That's mafia cat right there. Evil. Look at her. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. Tanker. Shh. You're snoozing <laughs> so loud over there. I can hear you through my noise-canceling headphones, which means they absolutely can he- can hear you. Can you like be a little sure. little quieter? Shh. A little less easy? He's passed out. He's like, mm, nope, sorry. Okay. Realism, though, on a scale of one to five. Um, yeah, so Mafia complicates things. Him being super wealthy and running, like, a consulting firm also creates some issues. I still feel kind of the way I did about the other books, too. I don't know. I think people are immature and they hold grudges. I think that's definitely realistic. Um, And much like the other books, this just shows that, like, in the literary world, at least love and hate walk a very fine line. Um, 
I think there's a lot of realistic undertones, right? Like there's the sense of family, which feels real when you read it. Like you feel like mm -hmm. you're a part of this group, which I think is something that's really, it's, it's something that Lucy's score is really excellent at executing is just like reading and feeling things like, especially when Sloane loses her dad and she's grieving. I'm like, and this is like the very beginning of the book. I'm like bawling my eyes out because I can like mm -hmm. feel the grief through the pages which is really cool uh to be honest to like be able to bring that emotion out of your readers um for something that's very realistic that we all deal with um mm -hmm. and like we've read books before that deal with grief um like uh love in the time of serial killers that's kind of a weird grief situation one but like the feelings that these books elicit are just super god <laughs> super strong <laughs> going after my toes <laughs> super yeah. strong like the situations are all kind of unrealistic but at this point the plot has been built out so much and i feel like this particular one like the end of the first book was crazy this one right. was crazy but not to like the same extent i feel Level. like so I'm going to give it like a four. It's like yeah. in the context in which it's created, I feel like it's relatively realistic. And I feel like the pacing's really good for the most part. So I do too. Um, I'm going to give it also a four. But like you said, like the first, the first two kind of already established the world that they're in. So like, it's not super I'm not going into this book expecting it to be like just about like some small town you know yeah like it's already been established that this is not just like any old small town it's a fictional world where there's crime bosses who are coming after librarians and, right, and now we're going to talk about wait did I say what I was going to give it I gave it a four did I say that I think I did yeah yeah um okay now let's move on to our last category which is the smut which i have been waiting to talk about what would you give this on a scale of one to five courtney it's man um the smut in these books is generally very good and i feel like that carried over into this book like especially the first time i was like ah! Ooh, like now i'm reading my book like kicking my feet i was like oh my god, uh, oh my god. um <laughs> they're all obviously of course unrealistically like endowed, well endowed. and good at things yeah. <laughs> uh so <laughs> in terms of spiciness it's up there um Frequency, too, like, relatively frequent. Maybe it doesn't go into description every single time. Like, I think it alludes to the fact that they're doing it more than it describes, but there's still quite a few instances throughout the second half of the book. And the build-up to the tension was just, like, pretty good. So, um, I don't know, a five just feels right for me. Yeah. I think it also happened at, like, a good point in the story 
Whereas yeah. with the first one, it felt like it happened too fast. The second one, it felt mm. like it took too slow. This one is just right. It's like Goldilocks. It's just right. Yeah. It's just like Goldilocks, where it, it hits kind of like in the middle of the book. So not in like the direct middle of the book, but like, you know, it's... With enemies to lovers, the second that they finally, you know, like hook up and stuff like that, like you kind of lose that enemies to lovers tension because the tension is obviously broken. And so when you're doing enemies to lovers, obviously you don't want to like leave it for too long. Otherwise, it's just like, oh my gosh, just kiss already. Right. You also don't want to just be like, here you go, because that just ruins the enemies to lovers. Right. What's the point of including the trope at that point? Drive. Yeah. You have to strike the right balance of tension building. Kind of like, um, what was it? Twisted Hate? Like, it was a little too soon, I think. Yeah. Twisted Hate. Where, like, we, like, yeah, we had two other books that established that they didn't like each other, but, like, to really live in that I don't like you mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it um, a five. I don't know if I said that. Perfect. We're in agreement. Okay. Agreement on all fronts. Overall, what would you rate this book on a scale of one to five? Uh, I'm going to give it a four because uh, the first one's my favorite. This one, second, second book, third favorite. Um, I think I give the second one a four also um this one's Mm -hmm. not quite a five for me just because there are like a few things where i wasn't like the biggest fan of it particular things that the characters did or like i guess the reasoning behind certain decisions so it's not quite a five for me but i it was still very good and i got everything i needed to out of it and it was still like way better than half the books i read on a regular basis so right I actually, okay, so I gave this book a five, despite the fact that I just gave it fours on literally every category. <laughs> I gave it a five. I I really, and the reason why I gave it a five is because while the story is not perfect, I really enjoyed being in this world with them. Like, it was just yeah. so fun. And like, I was like, just enjoying the act of reading and for the first time in like a while to be honest with you all like I like I like reading the Harry Potter books and like I've read them before and like I'm enjoying reading them again but I also know what's gonna happen so like it kind of you know changes a little bit of like the story and I'm enjoying reading those ones but like romance books in general like I have kind of sort of like fallen out of interest with them a little bit just because we've we read so many romance novels in a row yeah and with this book i actually just really enjoyed being in the world with them like it just it was a fun experience there's like a scene very early on when they're like having like a snowball fight outside and it's genuinely probably one of my favorite scenes that i have ever read like it just felt so wholesome and I just, I love that. Yeah. So this is the first time in a while. So I gave it a five for that reason. I definitely agree that this is the first book in like a while also where I felt like fully immersed and also like, I don't know, I just felt very deeply throughout the book. Like you can feel the emotions coming off the page and you can like feel them yourself, which is really cool. 
trying to be like a little bit more stingy with vibes and like I don't know it's still definitely was super good and like as much as I like the Sarah Adams books aside from the last one that we read um like these just the series just elicits such a different feeling for me and like mm-hmm. I do think it's because we read a lot of romance books like and we've talked about this before but like the further you get into your reading journey the more you realize like how many books are just kind of mediocre and how rare actual really good ones are this series and this author are phenomenal um mm-hmm. and like I I feel like this is how I felt kind of too when we were reading um red white and royal blue where you're like you're just like wow these books are so good and like i like i feel like i'm living through this with these people but that being said it still wasn't my favorite in this year's it's still really good i still loved this book but it's a it's a four for me i think yeah um that being said if we did do a 10 scale it'd be like a nine so i'll give you you know don't I, even I joke about that. We don't even. How dare do, you? What, even we don't do half. Don't we even don't bring do up. What is a ten? I've never even heard of it before. <laughs> I've only heard of fives, Courtney. You're in. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. I do. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll never say anything like that ever again. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, that being said, we're gonna move on to the spoiler portion of the book. So, if you have not read this book, and you should read this book if you haven't already. Come back later and watch the rest of this episode. If you have read it or you don't care, we're going to talk about the spoilers now. But before we do that, we are going to take a real quick ad break. Okay, we're back. We are back. back. Yeah. We're ready to talk about the spoilers of this book. How do you want to approach spoilers today? Because I have quite a few tabs. I do too. I tapped more at the beginning of the book. Like, when certain characters were reintroducing it, and I was like, oh my god, he, um, and then I did not tab as much towards, like, the end, because after they, like, did it the first time, I was like, cool, okay. <laughs> um, so, a lot of the tabs, I will, what? I will say that part of the tabs that I have are just, like, little things I want to comment on that just kind of, like, made me laugh, so not, like, anything really serious. Uh, okay, let's talk about the, before we get into all of this, let's talk about, like, the ending of the, or not, like, the ending, let's talk about, like, the conflict between Sloane and Lucian really quick. So, um, it is really annoying to me how upset he was at her for putting her own life in danger so that his dad could go to jail. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. There's, okay, so something else I wanted to mention is that, like, sometimes in books, the whole flashback, flash forward thing just doesn't work. Like, in Happy Place, we didn't really love that. Um, I felt like it really worked here because it wasn't throughout, like, the entire book either. Like, we eventually got to the... I mean, we got to, like, what the confrontation was, like, halfway through the book, like, the ending of the confrontation, and you could kind of guess what it was leading up to that. Um, but, like, and I, I said this in the spoiler-free portion, like, as a teenager, I could see where Lucian's coming from, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
she, he was like, hey, please, like, I know that, you know, this domestic violence is happening and that my dad beats the crap out of me. Please don't call the cops because his fear is that the chief of police at the time is friends with his dad. And if he's not there, his dad is going to kill his mom um, mm-hmm. instead of like kind of distributing the domestic violence evenly between him and his mom. And so she, there's a really bad fight one night. She gets scared because she can hear it next door and she calls the police and the police chief arrests Lucian, um, which he kind of figured would happen. But like, he won't even look at her and stuff. And like, I get that as a teenager, but as an adult man to be like, like, how did he not recognize what it must feel like to like be listening to somebody you care about next door, get the crap beaten out of them? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you're listening to them get getting the shit kicked out of them literally right. and like it's somebody you care deeply about um like how can you just stand by if you love somebody and let that happen to them and like mm-hmm. the fact that he's 40 and he hasn't come to that realization i mean he eventually does but it's just really frustrating and then she literally mm-hmm. breaks like not breaks her own arm she she literally like gets him out of jail by kind of like throwing herself on the sacrificial fire right he's really worried about his mom so she's keeping an eye on his mom and she's trying to get evidence that his dad is doing this so she's recording him and he breaks her wrist in three places she's 16 years old by the way so that just shows mm-hmm. like how insane his dad is um but like yeah i just don't understand how as a 40 year old man who like deals with all these different things on a daily basis and gone to therapy he's just doesn't understand where she was coming from and can't empathize with it and won't forgive her for it Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's just it's very immature obviously there has to be some level of miscommunication or disconnect in these books to create the tension that's needed but um yeah and even Knox and Nash, I feel like, kind of know what happened. And they they obviously love Sloan. Um, what was that? Tank, I have papers on my bed, and Tank is ramming his face into them right now to scratch his face. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was, I mean... It, their relationship when they were teenagers was really cute and it never really like crossed the line you could tell that they had like feelings for each other deep caring feelings but like mm-hmm. they weren't ever really like romantically involved it obviously would have gotten there eventually and it still did anyway mm-hmm. um but it also just makes me sad that he held on to this grudge for so long that her dad didn't get to see them reconcile yeah that is sad Um. Yeah, but their conflict, I just, he talks about how he went to therapy for a long time to get over it. And yes, there is a point, like, where he does need to go to therapy just for being involved in that in the first place. But he also should have been talking about the way that it came to a conclusion, because he put a lot of blame onto Sloane. That's, I don't think, is fair for her to be blamed for. And that was just very childish, in a way. Totally. And- don't get me wrong, like, Sloan, like, I said, I, I what Sloan did was right. I, like, it was right in, like, that it was the right thing to do, but she probably should not have gone over there by herself and, like, oh, you know. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, the problem, too, is that, like, 
his dad was about to kill his mom. So, like, right. I mean, she shouldn't have been over there in the first place. It's kind of like a thing where it's like, thankfully she was because his mom didn't die. But also, right. it's just like, I mean, she, she like, sacrificed a lot at a very young age and had an adult man break her wrist. Right. But she also saved a woman's life. So it's kind of like, like a, she shouldn't have been there. Thankfully, she was, but also, like, I don't know. I don't think he appreciated that she did that either, as dumb as it may have been. Like, the whole reason she was over there was to try and get him out. Right. To protect his yeah. mom, because she knew that that was what's, what was important to him. But I thought the conflict was going to be that she got Lucian arrested for something like that he got arrested for the domestic violence stuff and then his dad ends up killing his mom and then lucian blaming her for her his mom dying yeah which probably would have been what happened that would have made a little bit more sense for him continuing to hold the grudge i feel like he's mostly just mad at her for putting herself in the position where she got her after he was arrested aside from the fact that she got him arrested but it's just like Mm -hmm. Okay, idiot. Well, guess why you're mad? Because you're in love with her. Okay, so let's talk about in order, kind of now. So, first of all, he says that he prefers vengeance, and of course, what's the first thing that comes to my mind? Vengeance. Vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. I'm here to get my vengeance. Um. So. Every time I every time somebody writes vengeance, it makes me just absolutely giggle, hee hee, and I just know I get to use my Batman voice. Um. Okay. So we find yeah, out so- that. So at the beginning of the book, they talk about how Lucian is keeping a secret from Sloane. Lucian and Sloane's parents we're keeping a secret from Sloane about something that Lucian has done for them. And she's like, well, what did you do? And he's like, I'm not telling you. We come to find out that it's that he bought them a condo. He paid like a million dollars for her dad to be part of like an experimental treatment so that he could be around for Christmas. And um, he like took care of like all of her grant money that she needed for like the library and stuff like that he and Knox like split it and like were paying for her lifestyle not that she's like living extravagantly extravagantly but paying for like her passion projects and things like that without telling her so she feels and I, I don't think this really comes up is that like she doesn't ever really feel super betrayed by that she just doesn't like that she was kept in the dark about it I feel like it would have made more sense for her to, like, struggle with it because she felt really empowered by the fact that, like, she was successfully getting all these grants and stuff. And she felt mm-hmm. like it was on her own volition. It was actually just him giving her money, which, yeah, is, like, romantic. But it's also just, like, I feel like she would be more upset about that kind of invalidating her work. And I don't feel like we got enough of that, per se. It's like... Um, when Alex buys all of Ava's freaking photography, like, that's not gonna help them. <laughs> no, like, you're just giving, you might as well just give them money. Money. Like, I, 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 in the long run, like, 
the money went back into the community. Like part of it pays for Naomi's position. And it's the reason they got like computers at the library and were able to move into the nice building. Um, but I feel like that's kind of along the same lines as um, Knox trying to like inadvertently give people he cares about money. Like that's why he paid for like the new police station and the library and stuff like that too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not an uncommon theme in these books but yeah and like he's Lucian is so close with her parents because they care really deeply about him they have since he was a teen and then when everything happened they helped him out he helped take care of them and so like it's really interesting to me that he's able to like maintain this level of animosity when the people like he's already basically a part of their family and what really just make again what really just makes me sad is like he's basically like a son to them and mm-hmm. he eventually ends up with Salone, but they're not able to like spend time together all together like her dad didn't get to experience them not hating each other again after caring yeah. so deeply about both of them and kind of probably knowing because that her mom kind of alludes to that that they like had feelings for each other and hoping they would end up together so it's just kind of sad that like they cared so deeply about both of them and he didn't get to see the resolution. Yeah. But uh we are also introduced so what what night um Sloane's hanging out at home and there's like a knock at the door and she goes to answer it and there's like this kid like this this law student like somebody else I know <laughs> uh sitting outside of her door and is like yeah, just by the way, like, your dad inspired me to go to school because he helped me out when I was going through a tough time. And Sloane's like, wow, my dad really loves to help broken teenage boys. Uh, <laughs> because that's what he also did for Lucian, is after Lucian was arrested, Sloane's dad was his, you know, his attorney, helped, you know, get him out of jail, provided for a life for him to, like, go to college. Pretty much anything that Lucian needed, Sloane's parents took care of for him. And this kid tells Sloane that his mom has been in jail for the last 11 years because of a drug trafficking charge where she's like, the drugs aren't mine. And the court's like, okay, well, you know, you'll get six months. And then last minute, the judge is like, actually, you know what? 20 years. So Sloane's like, wow, that's really unjust. So that becomes her like passion project throughout the book is trying to (laughs) Mando the snowball scene is one of my favorite scenes ever I had I just it was so good it was so funny and it just felt so like I felt like I was there yes and one thing I really loved about this book is it kind of like had like that 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 glimmer that that hint of Christmas that peppermint you know, that minty backdrop, that candy cane crisp. Like, it just, it was there. It was in this book. I could sense it the entire time, especially in the first portion of the book. Oh, for sure. I like, Mm -hmm. there's, I don't, I, this was my first tab and highlight, and it's when the, okay, so the ladies go over to Sloane's house, because they're like, we need to make sure Sloane's okay. Um, This is right after Alan shows up, and then the fellows are like, all right, well, we're going to go bug Lucian because we had to bring our ladies over here. Um, and Lucian and so lives next door. Yeah. yeah. 
he has a house next door. He doesn't live there, but he does have the house next door, which is the house that he grew up in. And uh, his security camera is pointed at her front door. Uh, so they're, like, watching, whatever. And then Ash gets a text from Lena that they're making margaritas. <laughs> Ox puts down his drink and he goes, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we go. Here, these, because every time they get, like, a little bit tipsy, things go awry. They try and arrest yes. people, um, they get into fights, like. So it's it's well warranted, but when I read that, I was like, ah, this is very on brand. Um, yeah, so, and then the ensuing snowball fight happens, which is so cute, because they're all drunk. Nox tackles Naomi, they all throw snow on Nox. It's a cute little little shindig. Every time Steph comes back into the picture, too, I'm like, oh, he's he's so funny. <laughs> oh, RuPaul, we missed you. Yeah. <laughs> there, um, there was a part, okay, the next time I have is on page 49. I think it's, they're like, they're talking about men, and um, she's talking about what she wants, and she goes, good in bed, really good in bed. I amended, oh, and kind of I'm kind of into reading glasses and stuff side of approvingly. Hot nerds are so hot. And I just went, hee hee. One thing I. So Lucian and Sloane meet because he's outside one day and he throws something at her house, right? Mm hmm. And he climbs up her window to talk to her, and they, like, have a conversation, and she's like, uh, I can't believe that I'm, you know, s sitting here, and I'm, like, in, like, the ugliest pajamas that I've ever seen in my life. Like, I could have been one of those girls that had, like, my lip gloss on, and, <laughs> like, matching pajamas and being all cute and stuff. And then she, like, makes an effort for, like, the rest of, like, her teenage years, where she's, like, always dressed really nice in her own bedroom, which I find to be funny. He also She's just, no longer he like shimmies he shimmies up the tree to help her with her homework. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll help yeah. you with your homework. I love that there this first interaction when he's up in her room, they're like trying to be sneaky and she's like trying to be sneaky about it, be like, My gosh, my parents can't know that I have a boy of my room and they're like, Sloan, you can bring down the boy because like they call her down for dinner. They're like, you can bring the boy from your room down and she's like, Okay. Which is just kind of like Imagine being, like, a parent and you're just watching this teenage boy climb your cherry tree out to your daughter's bedroom. Yeah, I was literally, that's exactly what I was gonna bring up. Like, I, that yeah. just shows, like, I love her parents. I think they're so cute and endearing. And, like, mm -hmm. the fact that when they come downstairs, he, like, introduces himself to them and they're, like, super loving and welcoming. I was like, oh my gosh, the best. I think it's just because they, like, innately trust Sloan too um hmm. and like and they don't necessarily know what's going on next door I think they can probably tell that like things aren't the best but they don't know the extent probably and so the fact that like they're not immediately like you're not good enough to hang out with our daughter or like you know all this other stuff they just kind of invest in him and like care about him and keep him around like I think that that's really cute and I feel like he's like fell in love with her family too which is what makes the connection so strong but there was a ted lasso reference i tapped there that was. Because, because we talked about the last book being based on ted lasso 
not this series, yeah. um, the last book we reviewed. Um, and then also, okay, so at the end of one of the chapters, she's like standing at the window tracing her figure as she's making a snow angel. And there's a shooting star. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Do you remember that one time? Yeah, I do. Do you remember that? That was so crazy. When Courtney and I uh-huh. were 18, we were laying out in this field at a school um, at night and we were watching the stars because it was like the only part of Colorado Springs without going into like the forest where you could see the stars and it was so dark, which they have like a giant parking lot below there now. So it'll never be the same as it was. We saw the craziest shooting star ever. It was like it was so bright. It was so blue and mm-hmm. it was just like, it went just like, and it lasted like a while. Like, you know, how usually shooting starts are like, Jip. this was like, it was like, so it was like pretty. a whole thing. And we were the only two who saw it. And we were with our oh, other no. friends and they did not see it, but we saw it. Then part of the book, they're getting ready for Nash and Lena's wedding. And Lena picks, so Lena goes to like pick out her dress and she's like stressed out. She's trying out all these dresses. She hates them all. But don't worry. Don't worry. Naomi's come up, came up with a plan. She has already ordered the perfect dress for Lena. It is like just she's ordered this dress and she's waiting for Lena to see it and she like gets Lena sees it and Lena obviously falls in love with it and I just love like watching that portion of like the story just in general from like the the whole overall story um but yeah Lena goes with like a it's like a black dress yeah the way they described it I was like ooh, that sounds kind of ugly but whatever um it's like a white dress with black applique black flowers, flowers on and it. Stuff. And I was like, Ooh. in my head, it's just an all black dress. In my head, yeah, it's Trisha Paytas' wedding dress. <laughs> I do think it's like very on brand for Naomi, who like inadvertently loves to take care of people, and she's so type A and like a kind of a control freak. Um, well, kind of. She, I mean, she's like exploding all over the place, drinks a lot of coffee, whatever. But like. I don't know. She's always doing what she can to, like, help people behind the scenes. And she literally, yes, so she orders ahead and then she's like, I'm gonna make her try on all these ugly-ass dresses so that when she finally sees this one, she's like, oh my god! Um. (laughs) But, yeah, it was such a there's also a portion of the book where they go to visit Lucian. There, it's the same. Like I think it's during when like their wedding dress shopping too, or maybe it's after. I don't know. They are they're all in the city of DC for some reason, and Lena works for Lucian, so she brings the girls over to work to show her where she works because Lucian specifically asked. Lucian's like, "Oh, you should like just stop by my evil empire while you're visiting. Well, like it's fine. Yeah, while Sloane's with you. Um, yeah." And things get a little spicy. They don't get too spicy, but they get a little spicy in his office. Yeah, he's he's a neat freak, and she puts fingerprints on his desk, so he's like, oh, that's infuriating. Mm-hmm. And then she grabs his tie, and he, like, sits in between her legs, and then his Mando. assistant... Mando! <sighs> he's scratching the floor. His assistant Stop. walks in and ruins everything. The building tension. I will say... So, like, before this happens, Lena talks with him in his office, and he's like, why won't you take a job with me? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And she's like, um, no. And then she goes into, like, she starts talking about, like, whatever's going on between him and Sloane. And she 
um, is basically like the only reason I'm not sure about taking this job is because I don't like people who are mean to my friends. And I was like, dang, Lena is a girl's girl. <laughs> I mean, we knew that, but I was just like, right, that's my girl. Um, and yeah, and then he's like, can you bring her to the office? <laughs> She's like, what? What would you want me to bring her to the office? And then he even admits that he like wanted to be there. Dude, stop! Yeah, he even admits he's like, yeah, I wanted Slo- I wanted to be here when Sloane saw my evil empire. Um, Sloane, so so Sloane's in her, Sloane's in her. I want to be a mommy era, and so because of that, she's like on these dating websites, and she makes this dating profile for herself with no help, and it just makes her sound absolutely insane. She she is she, her her username is like nerdy cat lover or something like that her bio is like i love cats her picture is her with cats everybody's like she's she doesn't get any match- matches and so she like brings it up to everybody and she's like why am i not gonna get any matches and they're like because this profile is insane sloan yeah <laughs> she's like what do you mean it's like cat lady in the name mm-hmm. and like yeah. um which just shows like how cute and um oblivious she is there's also there's a dinner that they both have to go to because they have the same (laughs) friends group shocking and Knox is like i don't want you to ruin this for naomi i need you to behave and so his solution is to take the period pain simulator that they keep at the bar from the first book and he puts a pad on each Lucian and Sloan, and then he gives the controller to Waylay, the teenage, his teenage daughter, slash Sloan's, or not Sloan, Naomi's niece daughter, and um, he, for some reason Lucian's like, I can take a ten, and he's at like an eight, and then um, he soon realizes that he's a foolish man, but that whole encounter. <laughs> funny and Naomi freaks out and she's like why is our daughter electrocuting our guest electrocuting our friends our guest yeah yeah I was uh you're yeah that was so I was dying there's also a line in the book where Lucian is talking to Sloan about their past whatever and he goes there are some things we never get over some things oh yeah delight and I was like (laughs) oh Lucy oh I like that when I read that, I went, ha ha, out loud. I said that out loud because I was like, ah ha ha, Lucy, you're so funny. Is that like a... I, I could just tell called? that when she was writing, I don't know, a callback? I don't know. It, uh, like, no, it's like in Fleabag in the office where they break away from the scene oh, and they, they like... break the fourth wall. Yeah, that's what it felt yeah. like. Sloane has a date from these dating apps, right? She finally starts matching with guys. And her first date is awful. The guy's high. He, like, didn't bring his wallet. He lives with his mom. Like, just worst case possible scenario when online dating. Uh, He also calls her Rackety Ann, which made me laugh. (laughs) Um, Except for, um, he says that in front of Lucian. And Lucian's like, all right you're leaving you're done uh and i this i highlighted this because it made me giggle 
Uh, there's a couple sitting across from them, basically, and the lady leans over and she's like, girl, I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm a nurse, and if you don't go home with tall, dark, and tight crotch, I'm going to check you for a head injury. And her husband nods and says, I'm her husband, and even I think suit guy is fucking hot. Um, yeah. And that just made me laugh. But anyways, then they proceed to have a weird first date which neither of them want to acknowledge that's what it is yes it is very much them on a little date and uh yeah the fact that the husband is like also like yeah he's like super hot i think you should take him (laughs) i was like damn Uh, this guy has gotta be like he's gotta be like damon salvatore level hot like i don't understand like he has to be there's no way and they literally describe him as a beautiful, handsome, wonderful man. Um, yeah, then we right. find out that, like, his dad died, and Sloane's pissed, because she's like, I'm a victim of his, I should have been notified when he died. But yeah, he, which I was like, wasn't. Mm, okay. I don't uh, know if that's how that works, but alright. And then I think the next important part is just that, like, so they're, he's also investigating into the drug crime whatever family mob mafia and people are like following him and harassing his employees and he's trying to get information and while he's at one of his hotels he runs into none other than sloan herself looking extra fine in his hotel bar surrounded by men and i was like get a girlfriend except for obviously he chases all of them away and then he, like, literally grabs her by the crotch in the middle of a bar restaurant, and he's like, yeah. let's get this out of our systems by having sex with each other. And she's like, cool, let's go upstairs. We're just gonna do this one time. And if you know anything about so romance- it's just one time. <laughs> it's never just one time. They never get they it always out of always go system. into it. No, they don't. Uh and so then they, they're like, he gets pissed because after their, you know, saucy night, she leaves and she goes home and he wakes up and he's like, how dare you leave? And then he does it, he does it again. I need, I need to mention that during the scene, she says something that made me laugh so hard. I had to put the book down and like <laughs> tears were coming out of my eyes. I was laughing so hard. What page? Um, 284. It's the very last sentence on that page. <laughs> yeah. That, that also made me laugh. <laughs> uh, like this a butterfly a f- in a shadow box. Yeah. Skewer- skewering me to the wall like a butterfly in a shadow box. All right. <laughs> and then she's like also pissed. She's like, of course you have... The most, mm, she's like, of course you have I've a giant, handsome member. And that's infuriating to me. And I was like, okay, girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, then he comes over to her house and they do it again. And then they're like, just one more time, there's, every single time. There, there's another word that was used here that made me laugh. And that was impale. That made me giggle. I was like, she a freaking vampire? Those are still better than the other words that are on our banned list. The other word- there is a mention of the other words twice in this book, I counted. 
I know, but like those, Actually, like the other words are just funny. These, those ones are yeah. gross, but like impaling, that's just makes that's me hilarious. Giggle. It doesn't make me want to vomit. So no. Okay, then. Why did I mark this? Irrelevant. All right, we're not gonna talk about it. But I don't remember why I marked that. Um. Oh, Sloane is also working with like a. She's trying to create funds to do legal aid and get Alan's mom out of jail. So that's like all happening too. And she goes to meet Alan's mom, and Lucian comes with her or whatever. That's kind of how they end up on the whole date thing. But, like, throughout this whole whatever, she's working with an attorney and going to court and stuff like that to try and help get the sentence. Um, get Either get the judge to basically um, mitigate the sentence or get a pardon from the governor. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. To somehow get her out of jail. Because she has a 20-year sentence for possession. Uh, which is insane. And it was for marijuana, by the way. So, that, I mean, that's kind of the reality of the world we live in. There's people who I, are still wait, in prison. No, she also had, like, she had, like, cocaine or something else, too. Like, some uh-huh. other, like, some party drug, I think. Um, so that's kind of, like, happening in the background while they're getting it on. And then they just kind of dig go- us back and forth, like, will they, won't they? Are they going to stop? Are they going to continue? They obviously continue. They have a Valentine's Day date. At one point in time, he bites her on the, the booty cheek. Yeah. And I'm so sorry, but the I don't know if you know this or not, but Ted Bundy did that to one of his victims. And that is all that I could think of. Oh. That did not that part did not bother me didn't bug me that that is the only like i that's all i could see is the photo of what ted bundy did to that girl (laughs) it disturbed me i mean that's fair i just didn't view it (laughs) yeah lucian says Um, one thing oh sorry go 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 oh no you go I was just saying they're like they're like starting to text and stuff in between all of this, so they're starting to like build up more of a friendship while they're also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he tells her something that I love. He says, "You make me feel like I have no control," and I'm like, oh, screaming, ah, "Love that!" <laughs> <laughs> hmm, the cat. <laughs> guest appearance hello cheese um everybody know so they think they're being sneaky this whole time they're not being sneaky everybody knew because nolan who works with lucian and lena saw them at a bar together and told everybody he knows he's like "Mm, i saw sloan and lucian at a bar together and they went upstairs together, so... Can I also say that, that I'm, what you will. I'm glad Nolan is in this book, because I loved him as a side character in the last book, and, like, the dynamic that him and Lucian create throughout the, the book, like, the friendship that they start to develop, I love. It, it's kind of the same thing that happened between Nosh... Not Nosh... Nash. <laughs> I was trying to combine Nox and Nash into one person. Nash mm-hmm. and Nolan develop when... Nolan's following him in the second book, so I'm like, 
this this is where I'm like the side characters like they serve a really good purpose and I like that they're mentioned in multiple different books and stuff like that and also Steph throughout this whole book is like really scared to ask Jeremiah to move in and everyone is like rolling their eyes at him because they're obviously very in Mm -hmm. love so we get to they've been they've been together for a little while now they're doing their whole on and off thing everybody knows that they were doing their on and off thing and uh his mom shows up which was a surprise to me because i was not expecting his mom to be alive like i thought that she was dead i was like she died like she's but no she's there and he's been paying her to like he's been funding her lifestyle essentially for the last 22 years I I think I would have preferred the story if she was dead because I felt like her yeah. character didn't really have a whole lot of purpose other than just being there. And, like, she does smack Lucian at some point and then Sloane is, like, all, like, you don't get to slap him. Like, you know how traumatizing that is. Don't you know, like, you were there. Like, you remember all the trauma- traumatizing stuff. I just felt like we could have done without that part. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't, I also don't love the way that she was painted as, like, a survivor of domestic abuse, and, like, I don't, I don't love the way that she was depicted towards the end, where Sloane's like, you can either be a victim or a survivor or whatever, and I just don't, I don't like that sort of mindset of it, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. Do I look like a villain with my cat here? Yes. Wait, turn around. <laughs> turn around? I can't. Yeah, like, I'm on my couch. <laughs> sitting just pretend you are. Sauce. Just like, she she got off my lap. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she's not into the Spinner. evil, so. I know. She's just dumb. They are... So part of their thing is that Lucian had a vasectomy... And Sloane wants a family. So she's like, that's one reason why we'll never work out. Unaware, apparently, that she, apparently she doesn't know that she's a librarian who has access to everything. Doesn't know vasectomies can be reversed. Even I know that. So Knox and Nash tell Lucian that, like, he they never beat him up as a kid once they got a little bit older because he was getting beat at home. So they, like, didn't want to, like, hurt him. And he, <laughs> Na- or, not Nash. Lucian's, like, expound. And I just love when people say expound. I don't know what it is about the word expound specifically, but it's a funny word and I like to say it. He uses that and then like different renditions of that word. Whenever someone brings something up and he wants to know more, he's like, explain, expound. And that's yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so then they go then- out into the parking lot and fight because he's like, I-, I can't believe you guys have been fighting me this whole time. They're like Nash and Knox are like stretching, and so I'm like picturing them like out there like doing like pre warm up squats and stuff like that, <laughs> and like stretching their arms, like being like, Ugh. I don't and know he's why. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, apparently somebody hasn't been in his fight past his thirties, and so they're like stretching. I don't, I don't know why, but okay, what's that movie? Wait. What's that movie? It has Andy Samberg in it, and it's literally about him like trying to be a motorcycle like evil Knievel he thinks his dad's like evil Knievel do you know what I'm talking oh, about hot rod yeah I in, in my head when they're stretching I'm just picturing when they're outside the gas station and hot rod yeah. and the two of hearts is playing and they're like 
do yes <laughs> which made me laugh <laughs> yes very funny um let's see is there anything else to talk about oh sloan has a sister sloan has a sister she's a niece she's got like family members or whatever um sloan is going on dates with like this other guy for a little while turns out the other guy's like in love with sloan's sister and so sloan's like go be with her and he's like you go be with lucian and she's like how do you know about lucian he's like how do i not know about lucian (laughs) um and they like form like a little cute friendship i don't know between the two of them i thought that was kind of wholesome yeah and then he was basically like i I'm not feeling this. Like, it's not you, it's me. And he's like, I'm so glad you said that because also. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucian and Sloan. Sloan, listen, in these books, there's going to be some dramatic thing that goes on. Sloan's at work one night, working late. Library, set ablaze. Oh, also, I forgot to mention that prior to this, she had been, like, somebody, like, jumped her in her car and was like, you mind your own business and they also like left oh, a bunch yeah. of rats on her doorstep just you know really menacing, weird, menacing mafia stuff. stuff well and also it- also lucian like broke up with her kind of at this right. point and they, he's been like texting her and she's been ignoring him uh as she should and of mm-hmm. course of course in true knockout fashion this is the one incident that makes him realize that he's he in love her with so her. much idiot so, so she almost she almost dies and he's like that's it we're dating now and she's like you can't just decide that we're dating and he goes nope i've decided it we're dating and she's like okay well whatever um and he's like taking care of her and stuff and sloan's like it's none of your business what i'm doing and he's like it's you are always my business yeah. <laughs> you've always been my business I don't know why, but when you said that, I, in my head, I was like, I was protecting Elena. I will always, I will always protect Elena. Elena. I'm on my way to murder <laughs> Elena. <laughs> um, they, yeah, they, yeah. I don't know. They, they just, like, they, they, he starts acting different to her. He's treating her like a girlfriend, and she's not accepting it. They agree to finally start dating. He goes out with his mom. His mom has been dating somebody. His mom is dating none other than Anthony Hugo, the crime boss. The crime boss, and he's like, what the, um, mom? I'll, kill your, I'll kill your mom, and I'll kill your girlfriend, and I'll kill everybody that you love if you don't stop investigating me. And he's like, or I can investigate you harder and get you put away to jail. And very dangerous game that he's playing there. Has he never seen The Sopranos? <laughs> you don't threaten a crime boss. They, come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, but he wins, of course. You know, he gets Anthony Hugo put away. And Anthony Hugo is now in jail. That being said, everything feels like it's fine. Everything's going well. They get back together. Um he tells Sloane that he's gonna get her. He doesn't tell her. He just takes her to get his vasectomy removed. He doesn't even tell her. He just is like, I'm getting my vasectomy reversed today. And he's like, okay. Then they come home and then he immediately proposes to her. 
course. And she's sure like, about oh my fashion. gosh. Yeah. This is amazing. It wouldn't be a book if there wasn't a proposal. And it wouldn't be a uh, follow-up in the series if there wasn't also a wedding. Yeah. But before that, she goes home um, to her own house. And she goes inside and then somebody like... Wiley, the old sheriff, comes in and he's like, I brought these books over for you uh, to put in the library. And he's like, okay, and also, let me see your hand. Like, not to, like, arrest her, but to, like, to kill her. Then yeah. somebody else shows up. <laughs> and that is the judge of the woman that she's trying to get out of jail. And both of them have been paid by Hugo for the last... However, know, at least years. eleven years. I think yeah, <laughs> he's been in jail for like eleven and, years. Yeah, so they're like, "You're gonna ruin our reputations and all that sort of stuff." And she's like, "No, I won't. I promise." And first, like Wiley is like, "I'm just here to drop off these books. Like I have nothing to do with this." And so he like kind of, he's like, "I came over to drop off these books and then also kill you." But like he just showed up randomly, and so now like I'm gonna kill him. So like. You knock him over with these books, and then, um, yeah. So she does that, and then the old police chief guy kills the judge. And then the the police chief's like, now I gotta kill you, because you know what? Like, you know too much. And now with both of you dead, everything will be fine. Nobody will suspect me. And I'm like, sure. Okay. And now we'll piss off Lucian, who already hates you. Yeah. So she, like, runs upstairs and gets to the top of the stairs, Batman. And Batman is <laughs> like, I'm going to... <laughs> don't worry, I'll take care of this. And she's like, okay. So, like, she runs out through, like, her bedroom down, like, the tree. And Lucian fights off Wiley, who has not one, but two guns. And <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous, as I'm saying. <laughs> and Again, she in turn with these stories. Yeah. Nash yeah. walks in with his police, you know, his police gun. And gun <laughs> arrests Wiley, and Lucian got shot, but he's fine. He got shot in like a area where it doesn't matter apparently. So like, maybe the bullet grazed his calf, or so, I don't know. Like, <laughs> how did the, where did this man get shot? I don't remember. I don't either. Um, didn't need surgery or anything, right? It. Which, I feel like it's just not as memorable, because with Nash's injury, he, like, was down for almost died. down for the count for a while. Yeah, and so, like, this is, because it was not an integral part of the story, it just doesn't really stick out that right. much. Right. <laughs> they are like, okay, well, I guess, like, I'll never let you out of my sight again, whatever. They go to the... Um, Morgan wedding. They have their own wedding. And that is the end of the book. They have their epilogue. Their epilogue epilogue, which I was so confused reading. Okay. Because they're grandparents. And it's a decade or so later. And I'm like, their 10-year-old had a kid? But then they talk about how like they adopted somebody. So like, they had to have adopted, like, their oldest Teenager. kids yeah. when they were teenagers. Because I was so 
I was so confused. I had to read it multiple times. I'm like, what the frick? Because okay, they had to have they had to have adopted their son and their oldest two kids when they were like right after they got married. Yeah. Because this is a decade later and their oldest son is 25. So like I'm a, I'm imagining they adopted that kid at like 15. 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. That's the end of the story though. They have everybody has their kids. Everybody's together. Waylay and Waylay and Sloan and Lucian's oldest son are parents and the baby is the grandparent or like making them the grandparent. Um, but yeah, that's that is the book. And the series. And the whole series. That's all for so this is done. Um I'm a little sad that it's done done because I do love the world that we are in when we are in knock em out. Oh, also Steph and Jeremiah moving together. Steph's like, Your place is ugly and gross and it smells, so we're gonna live together in true knock em out fashion. So Love it. Love um, it. That, yeah. Is there anything I'm missing that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think we covered all the important stuff. I might have to try and read some of the other, like, Lucy score standalones or something, but mm-hmm. I'm not ready to part with she's, her quite yet. She has, I mean, she's got a ton of books. I know. I have, I own By a Thread. I just haven't read it yet. But I've heard yeah. good things. There's, like, I a couple... I am interested in reading her Riley Thorne series because it's like kind of like a murder mystery again. Mm. So I think that might be fun. For sure. And then she's got her standalones. She has uh, eight standalones. I think I own like one or two of them. Just because I see her name on a cover and I'm like, ooh. You're coming home with me. She has one. She has one called the Christmas Fix. All I'm saying is that we have two weeks open for Christmas, so I'm down. I'm into it. Um, at some point, I would love if we could read a Megan Quinn book too, because I like her and I watch. Yeah, her. well, I have, I have the one that you love, Runaway Groomsman. Um, I also like Not So I think you would like it because it reminds mm. me a lot of this series. There's like brothers and stuff. Didn't like the second book, but the third one's supposed to be in. I haven't read it yet, and I would love to reread the first one. So, I I definitely think something that we should consider um, for next year maybe is all of the deal books. Oh yeah, I know I know you've already read them, but I have not read them yet, and so I think those would be read them again fun to do. Yeah, I think so too. We could incorporate that into hockey season it is hockey season starts october and goes till june so we got plenty of time yeah um hmm. but all uh, right well okay I, I guess that's it for this episode so if you enjoyed yeah. it you know the deal 
you know, thank you, first of all, for listening on any places that you're listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, sorry about my dogs being crazy this whole episode. <laughs> um, I think that you should subscribe and maybe give us some likes and maybe like follow us also. And then maybe like give us a five star if you'd like want. It'd be super cool if you did. I'm flirting like with maybe. you right now. So. If you just, if you like, like, if like you just like do that, it'd be like really cool. I don't know if you feel like it though. Um, if you want to know what we're doing when we're not here, check out our social medias. We've got an Instagram, a Facebook, a TikTok, a Pinterest. Is that it? That's it. And an Etsy. I always want to say, oh yeah. Well, yeah, that's next. I always feel like that we have another social media. I can never remember. I'm listen. I have been off my Instagram game. I'm trying to get back on my Instagram game. Okay, I like our Bookstagram. I think it's fun. I like Bookstagram more than I like TikTok. I actually don't really like TikTok that much. Um, Bookstagram is just more fun. The algorithm's also better, in my opinion. For book-related content specifically, I agree. I do generally just love TikTok, even though it's a giant waste of my time. But um yeah i mean listen sometimes our content is going to be a lot more consistent sometimes it's not we're very busy ladies maddie is a data yeah. analyst she um has a master's degree i'm in my third year of law school and i also have a full-time job and we also read these big ass books and review them pretty weekly yeah. so we might have posts on instagram all the time but we are reading and we are reviewing because we love you all Yes. Um, and if you love us and you want to support our channel, you can, you know, check out our Etsy store. Go to our Etsy store and buy a bookmark or two or three or four. We only have four, but, you know, buy them if you want. Um, and that's it, right? That's all I've got to say. Yep. All right. Next week, we'll be doing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince with T-Boy and Colin. Um, I know last week's episode was a... <laughs> long long episode it was a I, it was over four hours and i cut it down to three and a half so i feel like it's because we took a break and come came back and when we came back we we're reinvigorated otherwise it would have been we like were all, <laughs> yeah it was also it also is the longest book so it makes sense that it would also be one of our longest episodes it's the longest book we've Mm, I don't know. How long is Akawar? It's not that long, I don't think. I don't think it's as long. Is Silver Flames that long? Ooh, maybe. That's a that's a big book. It's hard to tell yeah. because I have the hardcover though. Because it was before this paperbacks came out. Mm. When I read them. So. Alright. Well, in that case, in the meantime, thank you for watching. And as always, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>